Becoming a full-time writer can be overwhelming. Join Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon as they help you improve your craft and find your audience so you too can become a career author. This is the Career Author Podcast. All right, welcome to Landmark Episode 146 of the Career Author Podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at Kobo Writing Life. Kobo Writing Life empowers you to take your self-publishing career into your own hands with simple tools to publish your books in any country you please. You set your price, you keep all your rights, and you can take advantage of their monthly promotional opportunities. You can do all of this without any exclusivity agreements. Get started today over at KoboWritingLife.com. And of course, I'm Zach Bohannon, and with me every single week is Jay Thorne. What is up, dude? Dude, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know, Monday morning here and uh, had a pretty good weekend, so I, I can't complain. Um, I guess I'm jumping the gun a little bit looking at our script, but <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, you know, hockey's been a big deal for me last couple months. I know. And- Can you believe that the way that series ended? I mean, that was incredible. I, that shot and then the save, like it was amazing. If I swear, <laughs> if, if, if there actually is a game seven and it goes into OT and you just described it or something, it's going to be <laughs> insane. So off but, two posts and then in just incredible. Uh, is that what you're, you're calling it? I'm now? calling it now. <laughs> well, I hope it does. Uh, obviously we're joking, but uh, I don't, most people don't even care, but whatever but <laughs> to me and this is my show. So I can say what I want. But it's Monday morning tonight is game six, of the Stanley cup. Dallas is alive still. And hopefully they can win tonight and make it be a game seven on Wednesday. And then by the time this airs, Either way, there will be a Stanley Cup champion. So, but uh, hopefully, hopefully we can pull it off tonight and go to a game seven. So it'd be a lot of fun and obviously really nerve wracking. But it's better than losing tonight and being out of it. So I'll, yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely take that. So. Yeah, I love. I'll watch a game seven in any sport, and especially especially if it's the in hockey though. Yeah, like in hockey, it's just a whole other deal. Like. I'm like, uh, man, I'll tell you if it does, I'm not trying to get ahead, but if it goes to game seven and like somehow they get to OT or something, I don't even know if I'll make it to Thursday morning. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know if I can handle that. Like the game, the OT in the last game, double OT in game five was bad enough. So, but we'll see what happens. So it's, it's been a fun ride. So hopefully, hopefully they're still in it, you know, after tonight being Monday. So anyways, how was your weekend? Great. Great. I had a, uh... Uh, uh, run this morning. I got a Rage Against the Machine bump, so I, I decided I was just gonna listen to Rage Against the Machine this morning, just that nice. band. And I started with the first three records, and uh, I my runs right now are capped at two hours. Um, for the time being, it's part of my training routine. So now what I'm trying to do is trying to get my time down and my distance up, but not not go past two hours. And uh, I, I had 12.2 miles today, so I got two tenths of a mile. Uh, more in the same amount nice. of time because I listen to Rage Against the Machine. So Zach, if you're Zach De La Roca, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> nice, nice. It's funny when you. It's funny how we go through like these little pockets where like we get hooked on one band or like one record or something like that. It's it's fun. It's funny how that is. You know? Well, yeah. I don't know if you do this when you're riding your bike, but for running, I've noticed that. Uh, the tempo makes all the difference. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And uh, there's music I love that doesn't have a fast tempo, and I don't listen to that when I run. And, and what's great about the, the Rage Against the Machine records is there's there is no slow tempo in any song. Like every song yeah. is, you know. And it's, I, 
I see a very distinct difference in my performance. Like sometimes I like to listen to podcasts when I'm writing. Right. But like, I, but I can see a distinct difference when I listen to music. Oh, and I yeah. have like a spe- I have a specific playlist that I play for bike riding that I've made. And now I'm kind of the point where I just try to play that every time. Like, unless yeah. I'm going out and it's not, if it's more just like, I just want to go out and ride and like, I don't have to get like a killer workout in. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts, but like if I want to go out and like push myself, it's like, I have to listen to music and it has to be something specific. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I, so I totally get it. But anyways, so today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about publishing on a budget. And, um, you know, this is something that gets talked about a lot and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but I have some kind of parameters I'm going to set when we start talking, um, you know, cause this is something that you and I, you know, we, we talk, we talk about, we've talked about quite a bit or comes up or whatever. And, uh, I want to kind of take a different, a slightly different spin on it than we normally talk about. Uh, how, how we talk about it and i don't know I'll, I'll talk about that when we when we get to it but i think it should be a pretty good episode yeah it's gonna be fun yeah so uh, a couple of housekeeping things um jay i'll let you take this first one here yeah just want to give a shout out to maddie dalrymple who had me on the indie author podcast again to discuss the nine things so we'll have a, a link in the show notes if you're interested it's it's uh, episode 45 that came out on september 22nd and it's uh, talking a little bit about the exercise book. Uh, so uh, always a good time talking to Maddie. Great podcast. Make sure you check it out. Yeah. So uh, Jay is referring, of course, to our nine things career authors don't do series, which is uh, I wrote a few of those books with Jay, including the exercise one. And then there are several other uh, authors that we that have that collaborated with Jay on this series. So uh, definitely go check that out. Check out Maddie's podcast. Maddie is awesome. Uh, we want to also give another quick reminder um, about the Career Author Summit, and we still have tickets available, of course. We are uh, just, I guess, under a year away now, which is crazy. Um, it's going to be next September, and it is going to be right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in the town of Franklin or Cool Springs, kind of the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, should be good. So you can check out the careerauthor.com slash events. We have an in-person and a virtual option available and some really good speakers lined up. So we're really looking forward to that. So definitely go check that out. And there is a payment plan available still as well. Um, also, Jay, why don't you give a quick reminder about this other thing really quick? Oh, yeah, uh, chapter check, chaptercheck.com. That's a, a service we're running. If you're interested in getting some, uh, an, a high level analysis of your first chapter, of a novel, work in progress, uh, highly valuable, something you can then use on the rest of your book. And that's at chaptercheck.com. Awesome. And uh, that kind of does it for our announcements. So of course we have our ways and hacks section, but before we jump into our ways and hacks, we want to remind you about patreon.com slash the career author, where for as little as $1 a month, you can support our show and you'll gain access to our monthly question and answer episode, as well as a whole backlog, backlog of content that we have. Uh, you can become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash the career author. Let me try that again. Patreon.com slash the career author. And we want to give a shout out this week to Jack F. Erickson, who became a new patron. Thank you. And also, I guess we'll give a shout out to Christopher Wills, who upped his pledge this week. So thank you very much, Chris. We definitely appreciate that. Big, big and, friend um, of the show. Always commenting. Uh, thanks to both Jack and Christopher. 
Yeah. Chris is the very first comment about 97% of the time, <laughs> depending on how late Lon decides to stay. Exactly. Up. <laughs> I was going to say, Lon is usually the one who beats him uh, when he does, but it's not, not too often. It's crazy. We have Lon who lives in California who manages to beat the guy who lives in the United Kingdom, who's got the big, big time hour. What's that time difference? Like eight hours or something? I think. It, it might even be more, might be more to the West coast to, to the well, UK. That's I think for me, it's six hours. Yeah. I think, I don't know, whatever, but uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Chris definitely has an advantage in time, but Lon will beat him. But anyways, thank you, Chris, for upping your pledge. Um, I, I saw this in one of our, uh, Slack groups, one of our many Slack groups that we were involved in. And, uh, our friend Courtney Kenny posted this, um, she posted this really cool article and it's got this exercise in it, um, that I figured like a lot of people might, f f this could come in handy. I think this is really a pretty cool thing, but the article is called, uh, finding creative clarity. And, uh, we'll put the link on the show notes, but basically what this is, is it is a uh, an exercise you can do with note cards to kind of visualize uh, what your priorities are and what it for the cool thing the thing I liked about it is it it basically it forces you to uh, you know get out note cards and write down all the things that basically you're responsible for and th things that you're trying to focus on and then it 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 forces you to get down to just ten cards and and then put them in like a pyramid with the top being what your biggest priority is. And then it'll go down from there. Um, and it just kind of forces you to make some decisions and to, to see what you need to be focusing on. Um, and you can do, I mean, you could do this, I believe in the article, you know, it talks, it, uh, he recommends looking at all aspects of your life. So not necessarily just your creative life, but like looking at what all your priorities are, um, cause, it, and, and I think that's a good thing too, because often those things intertwine with each other and you have, you, you have to prioritize different things. Um, but it, it really just can kind of help you get some clarity, especially if you're a very visual person, I think this is great. And, um, you know, as I, I saw Courtney had also comment, you know, she's been doing this has been very helpful for her, but she also commented, you know, that it changes. <laughs> so like your cards will get reshuffled or you're going to add new cards to the stack, or whatever, but I definitely recommend people checking this out. I mean, um, you and I are, are really big on priorities and stuff. And I think again, for someone who wants to get a little more clarity and is a very visual person, this could be a really great exercise to do. Yeah, this is a uh, We Grow Media, and the guy who runs it is Dan Blank. And I've been on Dan Blank's email list for years, and he sends a great email every Friday, and it's one of the few. Uh, I, I won't name them, but it's one of the few uh, email lists that I read every single time it hits my inbox. Uh, he, he's been in the industry for a long time. Um, he's, he's, uh, he came from the traditional publishing world, uh, not necessarily as an author. I think he was more of a publisher editor. And uh, he's just a really smart guy. He's been on Joanna Penn's show a number of times and uh, couldn't recommend it um, more. So if, you're, if you like this article and you like what Dan's talking about, get on his email list. I'm telling you, it's gold. Every Friday, it's just gold. Well, there you go. I guess that's one I'm going to have to join. There you go. So, yeah. Because I know that you don't take your email list lightly. No, I subscribe to a lot. And, and there are some that I will read depending on what it is. But there are a very small number that I read every single one. And Dan's is one of them. Do you read the Daily Stoic every day? Every day. day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a short one too. It so is short. I, yeah. I don't skip that one either. That's one that I read every single day. And I read, so. Seth, I read Seth's blog every day. But those are usually pretty short too. 
Seth. I like how you just say Seth. Seth, like, you know. Yeah, just Seth. Seth. You know, my boy said just, you know, just now I've interviewed him on the writer on, you know, before. So I can, hopefully that one's aired. I can't remember if it has or not. So I'm sorry. Anyways, well, luckily no one knows who Seth is. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Seth Williamson, he is uh, yeah. Jay's personal trainer. Seth Rogen. So. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Oh, anyways. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to our main topic, which is publishing on a budget. And here's what I kind of want to do. Okay. It's really easy uh, for you and I to say, and I still believe this, but I want to take a different spin. I, I think that you and I, a lot of times have the attitude of, if you, if you can't afford to publish a book, right, you should wait. Okay. And you should save. I mean, do you agree that we kind of generally kinda, speaking? Uh, yes. Generally speaking, mm -hmm. like, if you can't, you know, afford the right cover right now, or you can't afford to get a really good editor, you should just be patient and wait. I still feel that way because for one, if you're a new author, no one's waiting on your book. So I think for a lot of reasons that you should wait. But at the same time, one thing I want to kind of look at is, and we'll talk about it is, you know, I think you kind of have to look at what you are trying to accomplish by publishing a book. And I, I tend to forget, and this is the career author podcast. So we obviously have that niche audience, but I, but I think it's easy for us to forget that sometimes people just want to publish a book to publish a book and they want to do it either for fun or whatever. And, you know, it's not necessarily something they're trying to turn into a career or make a bunch of money off of. Now I still have some opinions about that, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but, and, and we can kind of discuss that as well, but I want to look at this from, I, I don't, I don't want us to just sit here and say, well, if you can't afford it, then wait or, or whatever. And one thing we'll do kind of at the end is I, I kind of want to put a couple of scenarios in front of us. Like, uh, if, if we, I'll go ahead and say it now, like how you and I, if we were publishing a book, if we only had like 500 bucks to spend, how would we spend it? And then if we only had like a thousand dollars to spend, how would we spend it type of thing? So, um, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of do that at the end, but I want to go over something. And, and when I'm, when I'm talking about publishing a book, I'm talking about like, if you're starting from scratch. So we're going to talk about everything from like, we're going to determine your budget. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to briefly talk about like devices, which should be a really brief conversation. Um, but some people think about that. They think about, I got to publish a book. Like, do I need to get some like special computer or special device? Like uh, what type of writing software should I use? And then we'll look at actually publishing, you know, we'll talk briefly about mailing list, but then we'll look at like covers, editing, formatting and publishing ads, all that stuff as well. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about determining a budget. I, and Yeah. I want to, oh, I just want to yeah. add one little thing here. Yeah, and, of course. And I, this is just me. This doesn't represent your, your opinion, but I, I, I want to make sure people understand that this is not a conversation about publishing for free. You, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're calling it a budget, which means you have an allocated amount of money that you are going to set aside and you are going to invest that money into your book or into your business. I, I do not want to go down the rabbit hole of, of how can you publish for free? That's a race to the bottom. Even yeah. if you're only doing it as a hobby, I think it's a terrible idea to try and, and find ways to do everything for free. Um, and I just want to, it's my opinion and, and, and yeah. people can certainly disagree, but I, I just, I, I, I don't think you get the same level of quality 
especially in certain components. Like we're going to talk about certain things, especially around editing and cover design, where I don't think you should be looking for free products, um, especially, especially if you plan on publishing this book to a sales platform. If you're publishing it to your blog and only your grandma and your uncle read it, go for it. Like, you know, make it yourself. But if, if, if you're publishing it to a marketplace, to a retail marketplace, I don't think your goal should be publishing uh, with no money. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's also part of the reason that I didn't tile this like publishing on a shoestring budget yeah. type thing either. Like, and, and we'll talk about that, but I think that like budget is very, um, uh, it's depend on the person, you right. know, cause like some people are going to have a little more than a little more of a budget than others. But I did, but I did want to look at like, if you only do have a certain amount of money, can you publish a book? And I, it is possible. And I do think that it's also po possible to like publish something that's pretty professional, you know? Um, so, and, and like I said, we'll talk about the end kind of like how you can allocate that money and stuff like that as well. So, um, Obviously, when we start talking about covers and editing, that's where things are going to get. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, like yeah. you can publish for free. You can. You absolutely can. It yeah. doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and and we'll, I think we'll talk about that here. Let's let's talk about that here in just a second. When we talk about goals a little bit because I think it'll kind of come into play there, especially. Um, you know, I I do think regardless of whether or not you, um. Are, are planning on doing this professionally or not, like you are going to have hopefully like some amount of money coming in, unless you're just putting up a book and to download for free. Um, you're going to have some amount of money coming in and out, even if you are looking at this, just a hobby. I think with that, you should have some type of separate bank account to keep it. I think we could both agree on that. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And you know, with most banks, I'm assuming pretty much all banks, you can start an additional checking account for free. It shouldn't cost you any money. And it's just a way to have some separation so um, you can clearly see what money is going in and coming out. And you can say, like, be able to save money in that one specific account. Um, and even if so you're only I, selling a, a few copies here or there for taxes, it's still better to have those that money separated. Should, yeah, absolutely. You should have a separate bank account. So I think we can agree that's something you should definitely do. Um, as far as determining your budget, I, I think one question you have to ask is what formats are you going to publish in? So, um, you, you know, obviously everyone should do an ebook. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised when I talk to people who don't do an ebook. Um, yeah, I, I've only seen that a few times and it's very odd to me. When I went to an event at Ingram last year, I talked to a few authors who hadn't published an ebook yet. And I was like, and they were like, yeah, we're working on getting an ebook version. I was like, that it, it blew my mind. I was like, okay, you know, so some people don't do it though, but I, I think you could argue that doing an ebook version is going to be the easiest, like cheapest way to do it. There's really not a whole lot of cost involved with that. As far as the actual, like getting it into that format, there's really not much cost associated, additional costs associated with that on top of, um, you know, your editing and stuff, of course. Um, paperback would be the second one. Yeah. You know, we like to have paperbacks in our books with something like Amazon where it's print or not just Amazon, but pretty much everybody is just print on demand now where you don't have to keep an inventory of your books. It's kind of a no brainer. Um, you know, the only additional cost you're most likely going to have 
um, is to get a cover, a wraparound cover made, which usually co most cover artists will do for a minimal fee after they've done your actual cover. Um, hardcover as, is probably the next, like as far as budget, most expensive option. Um, <clears throat> get and, and this is one we, between the two of us, we only have one book in hardcover, right? Is three story. Method. I think so. Yeah. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah. So you don't have any of your other books in hardcover. I don't, I don't think, right. And, um, you know, that is more expensive. That's going to be another additional cover you have to get made. Plus, um, if you go through a company like Ingram, there's setup fees and all that kind of stuff. And you can get promo codes um, quite a bit for that uh, usually. But, I mean, you're the one who published it. I mean, there's also the thing where you will have to pay fees again, right, if you have to keep going back you, to it. You're going to pay one way or another. So you're either not going to pay the setup fee um, or you're not going to pay for the ISBN, but you, you can't not pay for either. <laughs> so you will yeah. be paying fees to Ingram and that's for paperback and for hardcover. And like a lot of people, I've heard a lot of authors make the argument and I, I agree it. It does make your, like when people come to your Amazon page and they see all these formats available, it does make your book look more pro. Um, but you know, hardcover again is just something that I wouldn't put a bunch of focus in because they're so hard to sell. Well, and, uh, I, I think too, it, it gets to your your next question, which is what are your goals? Like if yeah. you want to compete with traditional publishing um, and and compete with your other high-powered indies, you need all four of those. You need an ebook, a paperback, a hardcover, and an audiobook. If that is your goal, it might if not that's be. that's your goal, yeah. And, um, you know, also, Jay just mentioned audiobook. Audiobook is by far the most expensive of all the formats. Um, unless you're going to, I would argue, put an asterisk, unless you're going to do a royalty share, then it actually, uh, upfront cost is not going to be that much. Like it could cost you in the long run, um, but uh, but that's going to be the most expensive for sure. And so, you know, that's going to be something you're really going to have to think about whether you want to do audio or not. And we take those on a case-by-case -case basis usually with our audio books. So, um Let's talk about goals a little bit. You know, obviously you need to talk about what your goals are with publishing your book. Um, you know, are you just publishing for fun? Um, are you wanting to learn the process of publishing and get your feet wet? Um, or are you committed to turning this into a viable side hustle or a potential career opportunity? Um, talk about publishing for fun for a second. Uh, well, can going I, back can to I what ask you, you a question first? Yeah, of course. How do you define publishing? That's a good question. Um, for me, it is, uh, uh, I, I guess from my aspect, it would be actually like pu publishing up on a retail market to put up for sale or something like that. For, so publishing for you is selling it. it for me, it is. Now, yeah. I think obviously there's a bunch of other ways you can publish works. And, and we could talk about that when talking about publishing for fun, because there could be better ways to go other than going to a marketplace, like you can, um, you know, publish on a blog, you can publish. I'm thinking like Wattpad or Wattpad. Yeah. Free platforms free plat like that. Right. Free platforms like that. And that's something to consider. Like if you are publishing for fun and you're on a very, very tight budget where you can't necessarily pay for editing or you can't pay for a cover, then you probably shouldn't publish some, you probably shouldn't publish for sale. Um, I'm not going to tell you, you absolutely shouldn't, but I think at, I think when you're asking people to pull their wallet out and to pay for something, then you need to offer the most professional product as possible because not only does it affect you and how you look, it also affects all of us who are, who are in, who are fighting that uphill battle in this in 
indie world and trying to get rid of that whole stigma of like, oh, indie books are just trash or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think that's important to recognize because if you are publishing on something like Wattpad or you, you're using Patreon to publish or you're doing it on your blog like Andy Weir did for the, for the Martian, like I, I think you have a little more latitude. And, and I think because of the medium, you like, for example, you, you wouldn't necessarily need to have your, your project edited first. You could yeah. load it up on those, get feedback from people, and then incorporate that in, into your process. But I think that is sort of a, that's a very different situation than, than doing that on Amazon or on Kobo. Absolutely. And, and I think that you know, it, it, it all comes down to reader expectations. The reader expectation on a platform like Wattpad or on your blog is completely different than someone who's actually shopping for a book to read right. on Amazon. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and I know there's people out there and I've, I've heard people say it like, what if I just want to be able to have my book up on Amazon for my mom or dad to see I'm published or whatever. And I'm not going to tell people not to do that. I just like, I, I would really think about that before I do it because you can't assume that other people aren't going to come across your book, <laughs> you know? And, and, and it, I'll tell you what, like, there's no prestige in that. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, yeah. maybe if, if you want to impress your elderly parents, maybe 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 that'll work. But like, it doesn't it doesn't take anything to upload a word document to Amazon. Like, yeah. it, it just it's just not like there's no. It's not an accomplishment if you're doing it just to get it on the platform. Yeah, and and the thing is too is you could go through, and without like publishing your book on Amazon, you could still get a print book made. Yes, like you could still get a book made and like be able to show your parents or whatever, like, Hey, look, I have a book that I wrote, you know, and give it away at Christmas or whatever. But I just think going to a platform like Amazon or Kobo or whoever and posting your book, like, uh, I just think that, you know, you're, again, people could come across your book, whether you realize it or like not, and then buy it and be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And you I know, know, I know we've gotten some pushback and that's fine. People can have different opinions, but I, I'm, I'm with you that there are very few things in, in, in our industry that for me are a, a pretty like black and white. And, and for me, it's it, the line is paid or not. Like if you're going to ask someone to pay for it to me, that that is different than you're not asking someone to pay for it. So the second question here, I think is a more interesting one. And I want to get your take on this because, um, like, what about just learning the process of publishing a book? Like, actually going through it and being able to, like, you know, um, understand what all goes into it. So, like, actually, and what I'm talking about is, like, even on the base level, like, you know, um, get, getting everything made you need to get made and um, go going through the KDP process of seeing, like, what a book is like to get published um, th that's kind of like a halfway in between like publishing for fun and also like, but trying to learn, um, and, and, and being able to maybe do, I guess what I'm saying is like doing that without having to pour a huge investment into it to, to just learn the process. Like what, what's kind of your, your thoughts on that? I think that's fine. I think that's something we all do. Every one of us, every, every book we publish is a learning process. We learn from it. That's totally fine. What I'm not fine with is saying, well, I'm not going to have it edited. I'm just going to let, I'm going to put it up there and I'm going to let the reviewers tell me what I need to fix. That, it is not a learning marketplace. It is not the responsibility of the reader to teach you how to write. So I, I think it's fine if you want to learn the process and, and, you, and you, you invest what you can at the time, but I don't think it's an excuse to just 
throw a draft up there and then use the reviews as a way to edit like that. I do. I don't believe in that at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the type of thing that could happen. You know, oh, I know so. it's happened. And again, I, people have differing opinions and I respect that. I just, I don't think it's the reader's responsibility, especially when they're paying you money. Like if, if they're paying you money and then you expect them to give you feedback to improve your product, like that's just, it's ass backwards to me. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And then obviously <clears throat> the, if, you, if you're committed to turning this into a viable side hustle or potential career opportunity, that's another level where you really have to be thinking about, um, like upfront capital and being ready to invest that and stuff like that. And, um, so <clears throat> that's, that's obviously a whole other deal. So, um, let's brief, let's briefly talk about devices. I don't want to go too much into this but tech rabbit hole. It's easy to go yeah, down. Well, and I think most people probably already have something that they can write with. Like most people have a computer or they have like a tablet or something like that. Cause if you're, Dude, if you got a is, phone, I mean, if you yeah. got a phone and get a keyboard dock, you can write. Yeah, I mean, I use one of these mobile keyboards like this that is, I mean, I and I use this one because I, I can have the same keyboard whether I'm at the coffee shop with my iPad or on my phone or whatever and here at the, the house. This allows you to sync three devices to it at once. So, um, you know, you have something like this, you have a phone or an iPod, you can write your book. Like you can write a book on pretty much anything. Now, you, now the difference is if you're going to, uh, and you could even use something like a Chromebook you know, a Chromebook where you can get into Google docs or whatever. Now where it gets kind of tricky is there, you know, like, let's say uh, like my, I wish that I could just have an iPad, like, and that be everything. But that the reality is that that's not the, I can't do that because I can't do everything in my entire business off an iPad. You know, I can't, uh, everything from like, it's, it, it'd be really freaking hard to do on my WordPress stuff to do. I can do my mailing list, but it's not the, like they have a native app on there, but like even like having to create Mobi files and do stuff like there's stuff that you have to have local storage for, um, with some type of laptop or computer or something like that. Um, certain apps won't run thing, things like that, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, as far as writing your book, though, you could pretty much do that on anything. But I think if you're, again, going to actually turn this into a business, you're probably going to need something a little better. I agree. That's a good distinction to make. Now on that, that doesn't mean you have to go drop 2000 or more dollars and get like the newest, you know, MacBook Pro, you know, and stuff like, let's be real. You're mostly making text documents. Like, I think a lot of people get caught in the tech bubble of like, I need the latest, greatest thing, but like you're writing, <laughs> you know, like you're, if you're not, as long as thing, if you know, if YouTube or something where you're going to need to do some heavy video editing is going to be part of your business, that's a different conversation. You know, you might need a little bit better computer for something like that, but just for writing, I mean, you can get away with a pretty inexpensive laptop. For that. Yeah, I would even... I would even recommend to people if you're on a on a tight budget and you want uh, a device, you can get a a used laptop. Uh, you know, get one that's a few years old. Uh, these days, it's really easy to kind of wipe hard drives clean and start fresh. And and you know, like you said, you, you don't need much. And if and if you get a used laptop, you know you're going to have Wi-Fi capability. You know you're going to have local storage. You're going to have an operating system. Um, and it and it might even it might even be less than a Chromebook or an iPad. Yeah, for sure. So, so don't get caught too much in that. Like you don't need a whole lot to get going. So that's all we really need to say about that. Similarly to writing software, 
Um, you know, we won't go down this rabbit hole. Uh, you know, you have free things like Google Docs is free. You can write your whole book in Google Docs and do it right on your web browser. And we, you know, you and I have done that. I mean, we've, uh, I've, I've first drafted entire books in Google Docs just because it was easier. Now, eventually we had to get to a word document to get it to an, for an editor and stuff like that. So that's a little bit different, but, um, you know, word is an option. You and I would not recommend word for writing a book necessarily. I wouldn't, at least, I guess I shouldn't put words. in. Your you know, mouth. I'm, I'm changing a little bit on that. Uh, because if you use the navigation pane for word and you use headings, you can create a, an, an outline or a table of contents on the left side of your document, and then you can jump to those places. Now, the reason I won't f go full on and say Word is great is because if you've got an 80,000 word novel and you've got 60 scenes and you need, need to move 39 in between 54 and 55, you're manually copy-pasting text, and, yeah. and that's a nightmare. Whereas with some other tools, you can just drag and drop and reorder your, your scenes or your chapters. Yeah, and so... Like I personally, Scrivener is what I use. I think Scrivener is the the best. All I mean, you can plan your book in Scrivener. You can get it into a formatted uh, book by the end of it. It's not my favorite thing for. It's not easy, especially. but you can. <laughs> it's not easy. I don't use it for that, but yeah. you can. You can do everything you need to do with it. You can ease, especially if you're writing nonfiction, especially, and you think you might need to move a lot of chapters and stuff around. I mean. And for 50 bucks, I mean, it's, that's nothing, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth the investment. So I personally recommend Scrivener, but you don't have to have it. You can use Google docs, which is absolutely free. You just need yeah. internet. Connection. And you can use open office as a, as a substitute yeah. for word. That's completely free too. It's open source productivity software. Um, you know, open office, uh, their word processing app has the same basic features as word. I mean, it's not going to have everything word has, but it's going to be enough. Like if you need to send a word document to an editor and be able to edit it when it comes back, you can do that with open office and that's free. Yeah. And then, you know, we also would recommend, uh, I would say, even if you're doing this kind of as a hobby, you never know if you want to turn, if you might want to actually get a little bit more serious about this later and you would regret later on not having a mailing list. So I would definitely recommend having a mailing list. Um, there's a ton of these services out there. I know Jay, you love Aweber, um, and Aweber is free up to 500 users. So you can start for free with that. Um, you know, Mailchimp, which is not as good of a service as Aweber. I use Mailchimp, and I'm even saying that um, they pivoted I, I think, not too long ago, and it was not good for authors. Was my yeah, understanding? Absolutely, yeah. And I just have been too lazy to move off of it yet, which is part of the thing. You could switch to another service later, but it can be a little bit of a hassle, especially if you've never done it. So, um, but I, I know I, I haven't been on the free version forever, so I don't remember exactly how many they give you, but I think it's more than 500. Um, but in all reality, if you're just starting out from scratch, it's going to take you a while to get to 500. So I would probably recommend just starting with Aweber. Yeah. And, and I, I've been using Aweber now since, I don't know, 2014, 2015. Uh, there, and there's a lot out there. You know, there's a lot of newer ones. There's yeah. cheaper ones. People uh, are going to be screaming Miller Lite. Right. Convert, convert Kit. kit. This all... is, that's not the conversation we're having. No, no. We're just saying like, you know, just consider consider your transition from free to paid and what that might look like and use that to, to make a decision. If you want a personal recommendation, 
I've been using Aweber for a long time. I'm an affiliate of theirs. I, I, I've raved about their customer service. They've been around for a long time, but there are other uh, email companies that, that do just as good. And again, you can switch later and it, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it's not that big of a deal. The, the bottom line is have something, like start with something from the beginning so that you can start getting readers onto a mailing list. Yeah. Uh, that we can both agree on that. Yep. Um, so now let's get into kind of the meat where money can really start to disappear, I guess. Um, covers. So covers is the first thing. Um, and reiterate, like, what are, what are your goals with this? Um, you know, I think if you are, this is not a place where, like we're going to talk about with editing, where you can quote unquote rip off a reader. Okay. This, so you, you're not going to necessarily rip off a reader with a bad cover. Now it's going to be a lot harder to get them into your book, like to get them to pick it up in the first place. But the cover is really um, going to do a lot to help you sell the book. So I think that that's what you really, really have to think about there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people make assumptions about how much covers are they either they uh and i think most of the time people think to get a really good cover they're gonna have to spend way more than they actually are um and so i think you just need to kind of like shop around talk to other authors obviously a thing i always talk about look in the look inside and the, the opening credits of a book just to, to see um there are, you know, I'm not against pre-made covers by any means. I think that there's, I've, I think pre-made covers can be a really good option. Um, my whole thing is a lot of times though, you're may, you might not necessarily save as much as you're thinking you are. Um, and the biggest downside is that if your book's going to be a series, it could be really hard for you to get consistent branding if you have a, a pre-made cover. Now you can always change it later. So like, let's say, let's say that you start with a pre-made cover that costs you like $50 or something or like a hundred bucks. Um, and then that book sells and you're like, Oh crap, I want to turn this into a series. Now you can always put another cover on the book. Okay. Or maybe you can reach out. Maybe there's a way you can reach out to that artist and, and see if they can commission another cover for you or something like that. Um, so I'm not going to sit here by any means and shit on pre-made covers because I think there's some really good options out there. Um, and another option is my buddy runs 100 covers and, and it's 100 bucks for your basic yeah. ebook cover. And if it's a series, it's $50 for every cover after that. And he has a team of designers. So, so you, you, you will never have the issue of not having your branding line up from book one to book two because they, they're all sharing all of, all of the work and, and you're going to get the same design. So that's an option too. For sure. Um, so, you know, another option if you're on, if, and this is if you're on like, you're getting started and you're on a little bit of a budget, you know, and you can ask friends, you know, who are graphic designers. Now, we've talked about this. Just because someone's a good graphic designer does not mean they're a good cover artist, okay? But that doesn't mean you don't have a friend out there who, who is and could do a and could do a good job on this. Um, I will say something right here that I don't know if I've ever said publicly or not, but um, every single cover for my empty bodies books were done by my friend, Johnny, who has done a lot of graphic work for us. He did. Um, he uh, has done low. He did the crew author logo. He's done a bunch of logos. He's done a bunch of graphic work for us. I did not pay for those covers. Like, I don't know if I've ever said that publicly or not, but like, he wouldn't let me pay him. Now we have in turn, he has gotten a lot more business out of us and we recommend him 
you know, I'm and I, which I would have done anyway. Like, it's not like he never came to me and said, Hey, if you recommend me, I do these for free. He just, we've been friends since we were nine. He just wanted to help me out. And, and in turn, he's gotten more business out of it. Um, and that's, that series has made me thousands of dollars, you know? So I'm not going to sit here and say that you can't find a friend who's a graphic designer who can't make you a cover who that's going to sell books. Cause I've done it. You know, I think you just can't make the assumption that they are going to do a great job just because they're a graphic designer. So uh, anything you want to add to no, that? I agree with that. So, um, and then you look at something like Fiverr. Uh, I have no experience with Fiverr. I've heard mixed things. I know, uh, I know in one of our Slack channels, I've never, I didn't watch it, but I know Chris Wills posted something where a guy did a, a thing where he published a book with like a Fiverr cover and then not, I didn't watch it. So I shouldn't talk much about it, I guess, but I think your mileage can vary. But again, I would go back to your comment about it being a race to the bottom type of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and that's not necessarily, the, I would definitely look at pre-mades before I looked at doing something like Fiverr. Yeah. It's funny when 99 designs came out, uh, a lot, a lot of the critique was, Oh, that's a race to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not quite the bottom. Fiverr is the bottom. Uh, yeah. No, and to be fair, there are there are designers on Fiverr who don't sell five dollar covers. Exactly. Right. They they it's like a fifteen dollar base, and then it's like ten dollars for this, and ten dollars. And by the time you add it up, you know you, you might be at fifty or hundred bucks. So don't, so don't think that oh, I just need five dollars to get a cover. That's the bottom of the marketplace on Fiverr, but that's not where covers generally end up. Yeah, but I think a lot of people when they go to a site like that, that's kind of. I think it's more about what your mentality is going to that because I think that your mentality is I'm going to go get a cover for five or ten bucks. Yeah, and again, I'm not. I can already see people saying or screaming or commenting like I got a cover there and it was great. Your mileage may vary, but I'm just personally that's not somewhere I'm going to go to look for a cover. Like I'm going to go to a cover artist, and again, like that may not be as expensive as you think. Jay and I. Uh, we have books that have sold thousands and thousands of copies. Like I said, I have one that was free and we have some, we have some of our books. We paid 120 bucks for our cover, which is nothing. You know, even if you look at like, you could look at us and say, Oh, well you guys have an audience and you sell thousands of that book. Well, like you're a book is something that can be out there for a lifetime. Like, so earning $120 back over the lifetime of a book is not that big of a deal, you know? So uh, I would, I would really think about that. So, um, let's talk about editing. <laughs> oh, do I we have to, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, it's so funny because this is really hard thing to approach and talk about budget and doing this necessarily doing this on a shoestring budget. Cause I just don't think you can, like, I, I think you can, <clears throat> you can barter, and get bar- good editing. Yeah, so I think, and, and I think that's something that we should talk about because I did put that on here. I think that that's the type of stuff we should talk about. Um, is it, is how you can get a good edit, you know, and maybe get creative about it. Um, so I, you can barter. So you could you could barter services. Like, do you have something you could offer back to an editor? Uh, maybe you're a gra- maybe you're a cover designer. Maybe you can make covers. And you could go to the editor who writes and be like, well, I will make you a really good cover if you will you know, work with me on your editing or something like, or something. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that. It could be any number of things. Um, I've also seen where some editors offer payment plans. Um, so that's an option as well. Um, 
I mean, you could also get editors who are new trying to kind of get their business going and start up. I'm sure you can find people like that on Upwork. I mean, the editor I've used forever um, is, is a good editor and she, her prices were not that bad going in. Like um, I, I did not pay a lot for my edits on my early books. Her prices have gone up and she's gotten a bigger, but she was growing her business when I first started getting with her. So she um, offered, she, charged a little bit less, you know, just to kind of get going. So you can find that out there. You just, you really need to look for it. Um, the, the bottom line is that you can't skip it. Like we, we just, if, if you're again, going back, if you're going to ask for money, you can't skip it. If you want to just publish on a blog or on a Wattpad or something, then again, don't worry about this. You don't have to get it edited, but if you're going to publish and ask for money, like we will stand really firm on this that you can't skip this even now, if you ask- have beta readers who are going to give you feedback it's not the same as an editor it's just not so let's all right so let's look at this from a shoestring budget approach which whatever that is we won't necessarily name a number right here we're going to do this in a minute in your opinion as someone who has is an editor and has really strong opinions about this maybe stronger than i do like what type of edit would you suggest people focus on for, for their book, a line edit, a yeah. copy edit, developmental, or, and obviously a proofread. We think you should do more in a proofread. Let's yeah. just say I'm, that. I'm really biased. I'm a developmental editor. Uh, so I'm just going to own that. And, and I think that's the most important type of edit because it, it's your story. Like that's the most important thing. Like you can get, You can pay your Aunt Sally to do a proofread. If Aunt Sally has a bachelor's in English and and loves finding commas, you can have her do that. Um, You can have software do do that type of editing. What you can't do is have an expert look at the story. There's no other way of having that done other than with a developmental editor. Now, unfortunately, that's the most expensive type of editing. Uh, So I acknowledge that. But I I really feel like... uh, as of now, I feel like there are other tools or things that you can do to accomplish the line editing and the proofreading, but at the developmental, the story editing, I, I, I think you need someone for that. So here's the one spin I will give on that. I would say that it, you can though, a lot of line editors will comment on your story yes. in their edits. Now, that's not the same thing necessarily. That's not like, you're not going to get a full developmental edit of your story, but most line editors will comment and call out stuff on plot lines and cons- and all that stuff while they do a line edit. Developmental editors are not going to go through and do a line edit. At no, all. that's just not going to happen. No. So my personal opinion is if you're, I, if you could only choose one, I might look at a line edit depending on the editor. Like, and, and this goes back to getting samples and stuff and seeing what kind of stuff they do, or even just asking like, Hey, do you just go through and do a line edit? Or are you going to comment on any story stuff along the way? Like, that's what my editor does. My editor will point out story stuff. Now, if she is good as if I got a full developmental edit from someone like Jay or like someone who, you know, no, not, not, not as good. But I think if you're, I think you can get by professionally with the right editor and just by just doing a line edit. So that would be my view on that. Yeah. Yeah. I could see and, that. And a lot of times it's going to be much cheaper than getting a full developmental edit. Yeah. So there, take that for what it's worth. Um, 
Now we'll talk quickly about formatting and publishing and then ads a little bit as well. Um, as far as like when your book's done and you're ready to publish it, you know, you obviously need to get turned into an ebook and a paperback and stuff. Um, again, you can use something like Scrivener, but with tools out there like draft to digital's free formatting tool, I wouldn't even bother. I would just run my word document through that. And it lets you just dress up your ebook as much as you want. That's free. So that'll cost you nothing. Yeah. I like, think publish drive has one of those tools. Reedsy has one of those tools. Um, and then, and they're all free. Yeah. Yeah. So personally I would do something like that. I wouldn't pay someone to format. I mean, you can do that, but I just don't think that's necessary at this point to do that. That can definitely save you some money that can be used elsewhere. Um, there's other options like vellum, like vellum is awesome, but it's expensive and it's Mac um, only. And it's Mac only. That's very, yep. It's, it's only for Mac. And I know people um, are going to say, Oh, but you can get the whatever, whatever and access it through a PC. But yeah, if, if, if you're already on a budget or you're not technically savvy, you, that's not what you're going to do. Yeah. So, and Vellum is great. I love it. You know, I have the lifetime unlimited version of it, but again, there's free tools out there as well. So um, if you really are on a budget, excuse me, and, and it's between, you know, spending a little bit more money on ed an editor or getting a little bit better cover and having to get some software like this, I would just stick with the free stuff. Um, it's all like if you really want vellum, it's always something you know. We love those guys over there, and like I said, I love their software, but it's always something you could invest in later. So, um, at, and obviously, pub, um, as far as just publishing your book, like that's going to be free on pretty much any platform, like should be free up front. You know, what'd you say? I said you should be, it should be. It should be, yeah. Like, yeah, if, don't if pay yourself, anyone to, <laughs> yeah, don't pay anyone. Yeah, obviously, there's services out there that will publish your book for a fee or whatever, but like you can go on KDP and do this Kobo um, draft to digital will allow you to get on pretty much every major retailer and there's no upfront cost. Any costs come from the, the royalties you make off books you sell. So um, that, that's, that should be kind of a no brainer there. Um, as far as ads. So now you've got your book published and you want to, you know, you want to kind of get some attention on it. Um, this is a weird one that can obviously vary. This is where, you know, it's harder to stay on a budget with ads because you, you really don't know how much Amazon's going to spend your money, <laughs> you know? No, so. and, and this is where you can be, uh, I, I forget the, the colloquialism is a penny wise and pound foolish. Like if, if you, if you're scrimping on your editing and you're scrimping on your cover and then you go and you're going to dump money into ads driving people to an unprofessional looking product, you're costing yourself more money in the end. Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously options like we mentioned Amazon ads, which can vary from being almost no expense at all to as much money as you want. Um, there's really good newsletter services. You know, we mentioned BookBub. BookBub is a really hard one to get into. So you're probably not going to get into that early on, but there's e-reader news today, fussy librarian, bargain books, see all these services that you can get your book on there. And those are fairly inexpensive. Usually they range anywhere from like 10 to like $50 usually for a lot of those. Um, and then mailing list swaps of friends is the freest way. And for me is often the most efficient. I, I think that I probably get, uh, between that and uh, the newsletter services, like let's take Amazon ads out of it for a minute. Um, 
uh, that's probably where I get the most bang for my buck uh, because I usually don't pay anything (laughs) Um, for that. You know, usually it's just like, I'll return the favor later on. Now, obviously if you're just starting out and you don't have a big mailing list, it's going to be much harder for you to go to somebody, but you know, you need to be establishing friendships with other authors where you can, where you'll be able to call in these favors and stuff like that. You know, I, I think that that's, um, the most free, you know, an efficient way you can do it. Um, and then again, you know, doing these, uh, e-reader news today and fussy library, like those are great. And, you know, if you have, um, the right call to action in your book where you're getting people on your mailing list with that traffic, then you can start to build an audience that way as well by getting that extra traffic. in. the thing to remember with those is there's diminishing returns. So, uh, I, you know, you're only gonna be able to hit every time you hit e-reader news today with your book you're gonna get less people coming in so you might want to wait on that until you have more books in your series because you'd be shocked by how many people will just buy all your books even if they're not on sale um in your series so i would you know think about that with that um and and, you know the other thing to think about while there you know there's disadvantages to this but you can always run ads later you know you don't have to run ads right from the beginning now Obviously, if you look at Amazon and, you know, they're the 30 day or 60 day cliff or whatever, obviously you're going to be at a better advantage if you can run ads early on. But if you're looking at the long tail here and you're looking at the long game, you can always push traffic to your books. Later. Well, and you ads can always are, republish your book later. Ads are a good way of reinvesting in your business. So if you are doing this to make money, then as you start to sell books, you can put that money back into ads as opposed to pulling it out of your wallet to start. So to kind of wrap up here, let's look at a couple of different scenarios. And I don't think this is going to take very long. So um, if let's say that you need to put, you have to publish a book. You have to, you have no choice. You're not that you cannot say the answer to this question cannot be wait until you have more money. Let's say you've got 500 bucks to publish your book. Jay Thorne, how would you spend that $500? All right, here's what I would do. And this is, this. it doesn't matter how much of a budget you give me, my answer is not going to change. As of now, in fall of 2020, I would, I would put $100 aside for my cover at 100covers.com because it's a custom-made cover. And whatever I have left goes to hire the best editor I can find for that amount. I think that'd be my answer too. That's, that's <laughs> it. I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, because you know your, your your cover is is marketing, so your cover has to has to convert them, and then um, and then once they open the book, it's it's the story, it's the writing. Like n- none of the other the keywords and the categories and the hacks and none of that matters if you have a shitty story. So I, I would save hundred bucks for a cover, everything else toward the editor. Yeah, because again, like. You know, I'm going to, most people probably already have a device they can write on. Everyone has a smartphone. So like you can, again, you can write for, you can get Google app or Google drive on your smartphone, not spend a penny. Hell, you can get Scrivener on your, on an iPhone, on an Apple device. I have Scrivener on my iPhone, on my iPad, and it's like 20 bucks or something. So you could do that. Like you don't need to spend a lot of money on that. You don't need to spend money on Ryan software. You can get a free mailing list to start out. You know, you can format for free you know, you don't have to run ads necessarily up front. I would do the same thing. I would set aside, um, you know, I think hundred covers.com it's, uh, that's, it's a hundred covers, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it, I, I've seen a cover you had made from them for a book that has not been released yet. It was great. 
you know? So I think that you could spend a hundred bucks there and we're not affiliates or anything. So it's no, not- I, I mean, I've used them. Um, and, and there are other services, but I, th- I think the point is like you can get a custom made cover with unlimited revisions for a hundred bucks. And, uh, and that might be a good place to start. You don't have to yeah. spend any more than that to start. But you also might be able to spend, you might actually be able to find like a really good pre-made for like 50 bucks too. And you're not going to, it's not going to be custom, but it still could be really good. And then you have an extra 50 bucks to put towards a cover as well or towards your editing, right. which could, you know, I, I would probably do the custom cover for a hundred bucks and then just get the best editor you can for, for $400. So, and uh, I agree, like no matter what the answer is, that's exactly what I would do is the same thing. Yeah. So. So with that question for the audience this week, I'm kind of curious, like, cause I, cause I think a lot of people will be curious about this, like, especially if they're just starting out. Cause I, I think that is a question. Like when you first start out, you really don't know how much it costs to publish a book, you know, and, and people are curious about that. So um, for those of you who have published uh, I want to know what is your average budget for publishing a book? Like what do you normally spend when you publish a book? And maybe if you want to, you can even go into a little bit more detail about what you're spending that on. Um, and, and so, so people can kind of get an idea, you know, cause I think, I think that could be really good. Yeah. Like- I, I would just want to clarify that we're talking about DIY indie publishing. So we're not talking yeah. about paying a company $10,000 to help you write, publish and market your book. That's fine. Like, I don't have anything against that. I'm just saying that's not what we're I talking do. about. Well, <laughs> not for the person doing it for the well, people who charge. Let me yeah. clarify though. Like th- there are some companies who will, will like interview you for hours yeah. and help you write the book and help like that's different. I- I'm not talking about like these scams where they're like for only $500, we'll upload to Amazon for you. Like <laughs> you can yeah. do that yourself. But like, that's not what, what we're talking about for a budget for publishing a book is something you're going to do yourself. So you can head on over to careauthor.com and navigate to the episodes tab and join the conversation over there on that and answer the question, what is your average budget for publishing a book? Consider joining us over at patreon.com slash the author. Again, as little as a dollar a month gets you in the door. And uh, we have a lot of great content over there, including a monthly question and answer episode and a whole backlog of other stuff that we have going on. So, uh, and also we want to remind everybody that three story method is still available. This is our book that helps you get your, this is our book that helps you get your book from idea to draft and uh, it's available in ebook, paperback, hardcover, and audiobook read by Jay Thorne himself. And uh, yeah, so definitely check that out at where all books are sold. And uh, if you like what you're hearing here on The Career Author, tell your friends about it. That is the easiest and cheapest, most shoestring budget of a way that you can help us out. Uh, and we would definitely appreciate that. And uh, one other quick reminder career author summit tickets still available so head on to the careauthor.com slash events and check that out and with that i'm zach bohannon that's jay thorne and we'll see everybody next week see ya